Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. It is challenging to correctly pronounce names, especially those from another language, but we will try to do it justice. Most people will not recognize this person's name, Chuni Sukahara. Yet it is estimated that more than 100,000 people may owe their existence to this man's courage and kindness. Sugahara was a diplomat from the Japanese government posted in Europe at the beginning of the Second World War. The Japanese were allies of Germany, and Sugahara was charged with collecting intelligence information from his area and sending it to Tokyo and Berlin. What that meant was he was very aware of what was going on in the nations around him. But he also saw what was going on among the people specifically the Jewish refugee families that were trying to find a way out of Europe, fleeing from the arrests and death camps that were closing in on all sides. Despite the hostility of the local governments and the hostility of his own government, Jeuni Sukahara decided to help them. He hand-wrote travel documents and used the official diplomatic stamp of the Japanese government. These documents allowed the Jewish refugees to travel safely out of Europe. Estimates vary as to how many travel visas he wrote, but no one disputes that his effort saved thousands of people that would have died. One story was that he wrote for 18 hours a day, while another story says that when he was officially recalled by his government, he continued to write the documents and toss them out of the train window to refugees as the train pulled away from the station. Because of his courage and kindness, thousands escaped to safety. We were talking last podcast about the last letter written by the Apostle Paul. This is the second letter he wrote to his close friend, Timothy. There are many personal elements in this letter. Paul is in prison and asks Timothy to come quickly and to bring warm clothes and his books. But as we mentioned before, this is not a book where Paul complains about his circumstances, but is dedicated to encouraging Timothy in his work to teach the story of Jesus. But according to the opening section, there seems to be a problem. Paul, being imprisoned like a criminal, has shaken Timothy's confidence. This is from the first chapter. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus for all eternity. Paul tells Timothy to not be ashamed of the story of Jesus or the fact that Paul is in prison. In fact, this word ashamed is used a number of times in this book. It is important to remember what Timothy was doing before. The first letter written by Paul to his young friend describes many teachings and instructions regarding the churches in Asia and Europe. It is very clear from that first letter that Timothy had been very active in spreading the story of Jesus and helping these early Christians to form local groups for worship and support. These local collection of believers needed instructions and guidance that Paul provided through Timothy. However, that is not the tone of this second letter. 
It seems that Timothy had begun backing away from that work, and the pressure from others seems to be the reason. He had been made to feel ashamed of the message that he had taught and the work that he had done. But Paul writes to him and says, you're looking at this the wrong way. Don't be made to feel bad because your friend and teacher is in prison. Instead, let that fire up your passion for the work even more. Most of all, he says this work is not ours, but is the work of Jesus who has saved us, and your work serves his purpose. Sugahara made a choice to ignore the pressures and attitudes of his own government. He spent his time trying to do all he could to help families escape the coming horrors of the death camps. For each travel visa he wrote, three individuals could escape using that document, sometimes even more. But for his work, he was imprisoned, and his government would fire him from his diplomatic post. He would struggle to provide for his family. At one point, he sold light bulbs door to door. But even though his people and his government turned their backs on him, others remembered the work he had done to save so many. In 1984, more than 40 years after his efforts, he was recognized by the nation of Israel and proclaimed as righteous among the nations. Paul goes on in his letter and says that the message of Jesus and the mission to tell that story is the important thing, not the person. For this reason, I also suffered these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. The confidence that Paul had was personal and was directly related to the gospel, this message about Jesus, that both Paul and Timothy had shared with so many. Paul's time in prison and his coming death, he would be executed there, was worth it because he had put his trust in Jesus and held as his core conviction that his trust was justified. Even though he knew his life would be taken, he says this at the end of the letter, he says to his friend, be like me, don't be ashamed. Put your confidence in Jesus. However, he goes on to describe what this confidence should look like. His instructions in the next sentence are, Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Paul had just said that he had trusted everything to Jesus and was completely dedicated to the fact that Jesus would save him. In that statement, he says Jesus would, quote, guard his soul. Think of that image, that Jesus would not let anything happen to the hope Paul had committed to him. He would stand guard over Paul. But in the next phrase, Paul tells Timothy that there is something that he needs to guard and uses the exact word in the Greek. His first statement is to retain the standard of sound words. This is a part of the confidence that is tangible for Timothy. The idea of a standard here is a pattern or a form. Paul says that Timothy is to hold to the pattern of the gospel. That would have involved the story of Jesus, the instructions regarding the behavior and attitude of the believers, as well as the instructions regarding the local groups, the 
churches that Timothy had been working with. Paul says that the message you have been given about Jesus and the believers needs to be protected and preserved in its purest form. He then tells Timothy to guard the treasure is the power of those sound words. How we consider the words of the gospel today is directly related to this idea. Jesus is not a generic concept, but is accurately described in the gospel. We need to retain that image and those words accurately. The believer is not a vague concept, but was carefully described in the Bible. We need to guard those principles and to put them into action in our lives. The word church has gotten so confused in the modern world, its true meaning has been obscured. That is what Paul was warning Timothy about. We need to rediscover that pattern, that standard for the church, and to put it into practice. In the same way Jesus preserves the soul of Paul, we should preserve, guard, the form and function of the believers. If we do not, we need to ask ourselves, why not? Have we become ashamed of the Jesus described in the Gospels? Have we become ashamed of being a disciple of Jesus? Have we decided to remake the pattern of the believers and warp the standard that Paul refers to here, warp it out of shape? Those things would not be retaining the standard of sound words and would not be guarding the treasure that Paul was about to give his life for. Should we do less? Feel for a moment what it must have been like to be a refugee and holding one of Sugahara's travel visas in your hand. It was your ticket to escape the ravages of war and the hate of a murderous army. Would you tear it up or scribble across the carefully handwritten document? Or would you cherish it for what it meant? the chance to live. Paul tells Timothy, I trust Jesus and the message of the gospel to keep me safe even though they are about to kill me. Protect and guard that message for yourself and for others. Share it with those that desperately need it. Help them hold the gospel in their hands. That hope of escape is for us as well. How will we treat the message of Jesus? For Paul, Timothy, and for us, it is the hope of eternal life. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at ByTheStillWater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at ByTheStillWaterPodcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.